Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening, KOTO listeners. You are tuned into Off the Record on KOTO Telluride. I am your host, Julia Caulfield, and this year, this evening, this year as well, for the past several years, we're talking about transportation, but specifically the gondola. Um, I have with me David Averill, who's the executive director of the San Miguel Authority for Regional Transportation. Turn your microphones on. Oh, I said hello. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> that was on me. It's easier <laughs> when I turn on your microphones. <laughs> we have Mian Fee, who is a member of Telluride Town Council. And Paul Weiser, who is the town manager for the town of Mountain Village. And y'all are all on and involved in the planning committee that's working on determining the future of the gondola and and what's going on with that. Um, As a reminder for our listeners, this is a call-in program. So if you have any questions or comments, please give us a call, 970-728-4333. And we will uh, get those on the air. They should be on your microphone. Um, So the gondola is currently closed for its twice annual maintenance and repairs in the off-season, but it's going to be up and running in just a couple short weeks. A few quick facts for folks about the gondola. It was built in 1996. It brings people between Telluride and Mountain Village in about 13 minutes and carries over 2.5 million individuals annually. It's a whole heck of a lot of people. Um, But, you know, first, starting off, can y'all just kind of go over like why are we talking about the gondola the future of the gondola like why are we having this conversation as a community as a region on like what happens next well i think it starts with the 2.5 million people that you just referenced and for context for people that is um, the most used transit line in the state of Colorado. So if you think about all the people that take trains out to DIA or ride buses uh, from Boulder to Denver or ride down Colfax on a bus, um, the busiest line is from Mountain Village to Telluride. And um, when you have a gondola that's running at that capacity, um, it gets tired after a while. And so if you look at a lot of other ski resorts, they have gondolas that went in around the same time. They're not quite replacing their gondola yet, um, but we are because we run our gondola um, you know, from 6 a.m. to sometimes 2 a.m. Uh, on the weekends. And so it's gotten a whole lot more use. But more importantly, I think um, there's a funding agreement that was uh, signed in 1996 that essentially said that the Town of Mountain Village Owners Association would pay for the gondola and the Town of Mountain Village would own and operate the gondola up until 2027. And that agreement doesn't say what happens after that. (laughs) And so we have an aging gondola that just so happens is probably going to be on its last legs when we hit 2027. And uh, that agreement will be expiring. And so we need to figure out, okay, what are we going to do in terms of a new gondola? And how are we going to pay for it? Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. (laughs) Well, and so why can't... I'm, I'm sure to all of you, this sounds like a question with an obvious answer. Um, but why can't we just say, hey, this is what's been going on for the past nearly 30 years. Um, why can't we just like keep going with status quo, how it's been going, recognizing that maybe we need to do some updates. But like, why does something need to change in terms of like how this um, 
form of transportation works? Well, go ahead. <laughs> well, I think probably the most important starting point for the conversation has been whether or not the gondola structure as it exists today could be kept. And simply put, you know, the, the equipment itself is aging. Um, we're purchasing things off of eBay, which was probably one of the more horrifying stats that I heard when I joined this committee. But, um, and we're having things customized. The, the equipment itself is outdated and replacement parts are not easily accessible. And so we really had to take a strong look at this project from a fiscal perspective and see what was going to be best for the community in the long run. And what the committee has found is that it makes more sense from a financial perspective for us to replace the gondola than to try and keep making all these small little fixes and eventually getting to the same point, which is that we need to replace the entire structure. And I think on the operating side of things, um, you know, st thus far it has been paid for by the town of Mountain Village and TMVOA. And, um, but it's clearly a benefit to everybody in the region that uses transit uh, residents of both towns. And so I think there's uh, a prevailing philosophy that the costs ought to be shared. What you mentioned is why can't it keep going the same way it is? Well, of course that's an option on the spectrum of options, but is that the right option uh, for this region and where we're at right now as a regional community? And I think that's what's really driving a lot of the talk about the operating agreement and ongoing operating funds. Because as Paul mentioned, there is no fun, there is no plan after 2027 to keep the, thing, the wheel spinning. You know, that's just where we're at. And this conversation, um, before we hopped on the air, David, we were talking about that this planning conversation started in 2015-ish. Can you just go a little bit through, like, what is the timeline? What does this process of figuring out, like, planning for the next plan, like, what does that look like for the gondola? I would use the word intentional um, at this point. I think that the, I can't speak to many of the efforts before I came to town in late 2017, but uh, knowing a little bit of that history... You know, people knew there was a deadline on the funding agreement, and you want to have a plan when that gets that zero hour approaches, so that you can keep the the asset running. Um, I believe that. Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought just like that. I hate when that happens. <laughs> You're good. What is um, from kind of from the beginning? What has the the planning process looked like, kind of right. conceptually, on how this works? Well, there's been a subcommittee uh, that was a part of TMVOA, the Gondola Subcommittee, G Sub, as we call it, that has been having this conversation um, over the last several years. Um, they've commissioned a few studies. There was a capacity and economic benefits study that was commissioned, I think in late 2018, if I remember, um, funded in part by CDOT, uh, which showed where the benefits are spread around. Um, that kind of gets everybody to the, to the idea that, hey, this is ours, you know, not necessarily theirs kind of thing. Um, and uh, I think right now we've gotten to a few decision points on some high level things, you know, like everybody's in agreement. They still want to see the thing run for free. We don't want to charge a fare. I mean, that, that decision has been laid on the table by the gondola leadership committee, not the same as the subcommittee. This is a, the leadership committee is comprised of all of our elected officials in the area. Um, they've decided that they would like smart to be the project sponsor moving forward, which, um, I don't think was too much of a surprise to anybody. It wasn't to me. Um, that there's been a decision made to pursue options to look at a, at a new machine uh, for the reasons that have already been um, mentioned. So there's been a few decisions, hard decisions that have been made that are kind of guiding us to where we're at in the discussions right now. But those are the, the I, I kind of consider them low-hanging fruit in some ways, um, but they, they're not easy. None of them are easy. It's a regional dialogue. Um, but those are things that we're, I think, all pretty unanimous on and, and solid on and taking that forward um, to try to figure out what's next and what it looks like. 
you mentioned several things that I want to touch on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> including, you know, you did, you all mentioned that, like, we're going to move forward with, we're building a new gondola. Not to say that we can't take pieces that, I'm assuming, that are in the structure still, but in the big picture, we're starting with a new, um, a new thing altogether. What were some of the things that, when you were coming to that decision, like, what were y'all looking at? to say, okay, this is actually the right choice for what we want to be doing. Like, what were the factors that y'all were taking into consideration? Well, I think the reality is there were several important factors and then a bunch of other smaller factors that probably added up together. But I think the bigger things were important items like accessibility. Um, the current gondola uh, doesn't, to the T, meet ADA criteria. And um, we think that it's important to be able to make the gondola accessible to everyone. Um, I think that we also need to look at capacity. The reality is that the ski resort uses the gondola for its operations as much as it's used for a public transportation system. And so we want to be mindful of being able to get people from Mountain Village to Telluride as much as we want to be able to be mindful of uh, moving skiers around the mountain. And then I think, um, you know, the reality is that we just are not exuding a world-class experience with the current machine. Um, if you go to other ski resorts, it's quite obvious that technology has uh, moved quite significantly since the gondola was put in place. And uh, this is, for many people, the first experience that they have when they engage with the mountain and between town of Telluride and the town of Mountain Village. And we really want to present that we are truly a world-class community. That and the availability of parts for new machines, to, to Mian's <laughs> point, <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's a big part of it. But it, it's new technology. There's there's new gondola systems out there, control systems, and things that like that. And it's logical to upgrade things as as other stuff ages. So that's what's driving most of that. Um. So you know jumping into like the big exciting stuff obviously there's a lot of like nitty-gritty that that we'll also dive into as well but recognizing that we're in 2023 the funding agreement goes through 2027 so I, you know we still have a little bit of time things will i assume conti continue to shift and zhuzh and change but kind of conceptually what what are we looking at for like what the new gondola will look like when it becomes built the machine itself flashier i don't know no i don't know i think i think you could see some improvements around the station areas i mean they were talking about larger cabins and so automatically we're talking about you know widening the station doors things like that i would imagine there's some other upgrades we could do to the structures at that time um so physically it'll look very similar it's not going to change alignments or anything like that but you'll see bigger cabins number one i think is probably the most striking feature and then uh, potentially they'll be have some sort of smart marking on them at some point you know as another uh, change since smart will be the operator of it at some point so um yeah i think uh physically those are the big things that i see coming I think, one of the, uh, I think one of the things that was surprising when we did a study over the summer was to hear how much people actually like the structure of the gondola as it is today there are tons of technological upgrades that we could put in and that gondola systems in Europe have, whether it's USB ports or charging ports or flat screens or heating elements. And for the most part, you know, kind of overwhelmingly, uh, the community and our visitation community have said, we love what we have. Um, we don't want the distractions. We don't want the technology. I think there's something really innately beautiful in that gondola experience that we 
um, that most communities don't get to it's have. It's quiet. You're just it's, sailing through the sky. It is. It's great. Yeah. And so I think that's a nice thing. It's, it's going to look pretty much the same. The experience is going to be the same for all of our guests, except for those that need a little bit more accessibility, and then they're going to be able to enjoy the experience the way that we all do. I'm still pushing for heated seats. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I am. <laughs> I'm with Paul on that, but we're in the minority, for sure. <laughs> well, and me and you spoke to it. Um, there was a survey that w- was, it, it was last summer, right? Mm-hmm. That that survey was out. Um, what kind of things, and obviously, like, it's done, and so, you know, it's not like people can fill it out now, but what kind of things, like, were you hearing what you're looking for in terms of, like, getting engagement and feedback from the community as to what they wanted to see and kind of what we have a call uh-huh. we'll have you pop those headphones on hi you're live on Kodo hi I hope there's not too much background yeah do you mind actually turning your radio down can you do that it's going to have to <laughs> so I want to um, echo what uh, man was saying because I was here before the the gondola before there was a mountain village, and I really want to echo what she said about the there's certain amount of people that like that kind of crunchy old school um, thing, and yeah, we want accessibility for people that need the access, but not everybody wants all the new technologies. I mean. Um, it is. It's kind of old school Telluride. We want to kind of keep around. We're losing a little bit. Yeah, thanks for your call. I mean, I think that's also a really, you know, important and interesting thing to to think about when we're talking about the gondola is, you know, 1996, Mountain Village was just like a baby and how that community has grown and shifted over the past 25 years is also you know has been huge and and changes the needs of what the gondola needs to do who it's bringing to and from different places and and what that is for for the region as a whole yeah i think that ron i I, i've never asked him this question and i should sometime but i suspect that when ron Allred decided that they were going to throw this gondola um up and connect the two communities he never truly foresaw what the overall impact would be and how much it would mean to the future development of Mountain Village, as well as uh, you know creating a thriving year-round community within Telluride. And you know, I think if you asked him, he he would never have seen that it would benefit both communities the way it has. I think that one of the things that's interesting too, I think from the gondola subcommittee's perspective, is that so often we look for other examples of what to do or what has been done. And because Ron Allred did have that future vision, we are the ones that are sort of setting that tone to, for good reason. And, mm-hmm. you know, but obviously sometimes it's a little bit tricky when we don't have comp sets to be able to take a look at to see what people have done ahead of us. We're sort of setting that that stage. And we can be really thankful to him for that because we've seen how successful it is and how many communities have mirrored what he, you know, he envisioned all that time ago. Yeah. All right, we have another call. Hi, you're live on Kodo. Yes, your previous caller um, wants to keep everything just the same, then you're going to have zero growth. I mean, I live over at Nucla, and if you don't see the future and see what you need 10, 15, 20 years down the road, then your whole everything 
is it going to work? Aspen did it. They did it well. Uh, most of the ski industry has nailed it. You guys are catching on just fine as far as I'm concerned. So good job. Thanks for your call. I mean, I think that does that brings up um, kind of an interesting balance of, you know, from folks, I'm sure that, you know, speaking of the survey of um, you have the people who don't want anything to change, want it to stay the exact way that it is. And I'm sure on the other side, you did have people who wanted all the bits and bobs, wanted the USB, the heated seats, the TVs, all of those things. And how do you, um, how does the committee look at finding that middle ground to say, we recognize that the the number of people that the gondola is continuing to carry is gonna is increasing from where it started for sure. Probably gonna continue increasing, and and find that balance of making sure that it can fulfill the needs that it will need to in the future, while also maintaining some of that kind of like funky old school charm that was there when it was first, and like visioning that it was there when it was first put in. I think the word visioning says it all. Um, Both communities have gone through processes where we are looking to the future. We have to look to the future. There's no decision that's going to be made by anyone on this committee where we're not saying, what is this going to look like 20 years from now? How can we make sure that this is something that is going to carry us well through at the same time that this previous gondola has? This is a big project. It's a huge impact to the community. Um, But there is, you know, we do want to maintain the values of the two towns and maintain what makes Telluride a special destination for everybody to come. And so we're always, we very much have our eyes focused on the future while being really, really mindful of the past and the present that that we're living in right now. I guess I would also add that for those that want to keep the current gondola experience, uh, there are certain built-in guardrails to that in with res- <laughs> with the idea that this is a public transportation system, right? And part of our funding strategy is to go to the federal government and get buy-in and actual dollars from the federal government to support this project. And if we make this the most fantastic, most interactive, best private gondola that you can possibly be on, we're not going to get that funding. So mm-hmm. we do need to be sensitive to the fact that, yeah, this is a public transportation system and it needs to be constructed and built and maintained as such. The Department of Transportation won't pay for flat screens. I'll leave that to David. <laughs> I don't know if they would or not. I mean, maybe if you had a, a maybe if you had a schedule on there, some sort of wayfinding or something. Um, I guess it's been done, but I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Um, David, you mentioned um, that Smart is kind of taking this bigger yeah. kind of leadership, not leadership, project management ship. Mm-hmm. Can you just kind of big picture? Because I know that that is a a newer development. Maybe you didn't see it. You saw it coming, but it's officially new. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? What will that look like? Um, well, the smart board, um, I think we looked at that resolution of intent three or four months ago at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, we put together a resolution of intent, sort of, uh, sort of a, a public declaration, if you will, of what we're willing to bite off on right now, because we're still a super small organization. It's just um, me and Carrie Stefano, but we did hire, or with the help of town, the town of Mountain Village, hired a part-time part project manager for this too, which we can talk about a little bit. But um, you know, I think uh, since you know our IGA, the the document that governs what Smart can and can't do. Um, very specifically talks about the gondola and partic- in particular talks about planning for a transition um, of operations at some point. And so it's it's always been on the radar for SMART. Um, I know it was talked about when they conceived of SMART uh, through the SMACTAC process years ago, and there were some guardrails put in place at that point um, for the new organization, SMART, 
um, to ensure that it didn't it didn't somehow get pulled into the funding of the current agreement, which we're trying to figure out what to do next, right? So we th I think the transition point is actually quite quite logical uh, from my perspective. And um, as I said before, it was it's really no huge surprise to me that it was coming our way. Um, I didn't know when it would happen, but <laughs> Can I it's happening. Can I jump in before the call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the other thing that's that we all want to be really mindful of is, you know, SMART as an organization, regional transportation as an organization serves all of our climate change goals. And so having the gondola be a, a part of the SMART organization allows us to really realistically um, focus and target on making sure that we are utilizing transportation, whatever public transportation, and growing that so that we take more cars off the road, that we do um, leave less of an impact on this destination and the planet as a whole. And so it, it's a natural fit, and it's a great one. I'm, I'm, we're excited to be yeah. to have it underneath SMART. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I mean, to the climate uh, point, I'm not going to say that all two and a half to three million uh, riders every year would be in a car, but there's a certain amount of million mm -hmm. that <laughs> would be taking drives uh, over the course of a year. And so yeah. the gondola truly does uh, have one of the more meaningful impacts on our climate efforts here in the region. Absolutely. All right, let's take this call. Ooh, looks like we maybe lost them. If you were just trying to call, give us a call back. We want to take it, but we might have had you on hold for too long, which is fair. <coughs> um, so... You know, getting into that that piece of smart as a small operation as of now, um, and the gondola employs many many people. Kind of what happens there? How does that all get sorted? Looking at me? <laughs> yeah, I'm actively looking at you. <laughs> if I was if I was king for a day, if I was king for a day, if if I got my way, um, that amazing gondola crew would still be employed by the town of Mountain Village, and we would have some sort of operating agreement where we pass through the funding to them. That's 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 my ideal situation. And that pass-through structure that David just mentioned is what we do now uh, because TMVOA collects the real estate transfer assessment that uh, is in place currently in Mountain Village, and then they use those funds to pay Mountain Village for the operation of the gondola, which includes the actual functioning of the gondola, as well as our employees. Uh, so everyone who's employed right now with respect to the gondola is a Mountain Village employee, and um, you know, it, it's worked for this long. Leave it at that. All right. Hi, you're live on Kodo. Yeah, maybe you guys could get some old school, like, some funky Volkswagen buses and get artists to funk them up and make a tram. <laughs> Thanks for your call. That would be fun. Oh, well, I'm, I'm a well, we have a bunch of them in <laughs> the Village Core. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so kind of thinking like, I guess like this is kind of the opportunity, right? To be fully like thinking outside the box of like, if we're going to do something wacky and crazy, this is the time to be doing it before a whole new system gets set up. So... And, and you've already touched on it, but like, what are you kind of thinking of? Like, what are the opportunities that can happen? Obviously, accessibility is a huge one, obviously. And, um, you know, I think I've, I've in meetings that I've sat in or discussions that I've heard, there's things of like, you know, trying to find ways to like make wait times shorter or whatever that might be for people riding on the gondola. But, but what are some of the things that you see as like, this is our chance to take steps to do things different than they are now? Um, to make this a better transportation and experience for people who ride the gondola? 
I think we're, we're, that's exactly what we're doing. I don't think there's anything that has ever been off the table right from the start. And we've had some really incredible experts kind of guiding that process and pushing us to think of things that we probably wouldn't just because we haven't had the experience, but looking to some of those communities in Europe and elsewhere to see what they're doing and what we could employ. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's there's lots of lots of opportunities here, not only just for the gondola structure itself and the transportation modality, but also for those base um, those base sites. So whether it's the town of Telluride or Mountain Village or up at San Sofia Ridge, what could we do there that's going to benefit the community long term, you know, into the future? Yeah, and I guess to that very last point, I think that this provides an opportunity for. Um, and the communities to say, okay, we have a station here, we're gonna have to replace it. But if we're doing, if we're going to the effort to do that, what do we do with the surrounding area? Right. And do, is this an opportunity for us to rethink how we're doing things uh, on a little bit broader level? And since I'm the transit guy, I think of like how we can enhance surface transportation linkages to the gondola. Like how do the buses flow around Oak Street? How do the buses flow through the core, Mountain Village uh, core area and the market? Uh, they work pretty good now, but we could probably do better. Um, especially with more bus frequency coming in the future. Yeah, and the market, I think, is a really good example. Right now, the traffic flow through there certainly could be better, yep. especially with smart buses. And, yep. you know, is this, if we're going to tear this that station down, do we take that opportunity to work on that uh, traffic flow a little bit for both convenience and, more importantly, pedestrian safety? Yep. Yeah. All right, I think we have another call. Hi, you are live on Kodo, and if you want to turn your radio down, that would be great. Already done. All right, do you have a um, question? So the $64,000 question or the, the $64 million question is how much? Thank you. Thank you. Yes, that is the question. This is going to be expensive. <laughs> how are we funding it? Yeah, the current estimate for the machine rebuild itself is 65 to 70, depending on what happens around the station areas. I think that's something we can't really quite account for yet, but the nuts and the bolts of the actual gondola machine we can put a price to and it's 65 million or so and then there's a requirement for about four and a half to five million dollars a year in operating and maintenance funding to keep but that four and a half to five million is already what we're doing today yep yep um, i think it's important to note with that 65 to seven million dollar um price tag one um i'm gonna guess it's gonna go up yeah, uh, so the longer just, we wait <laughs> the longer we wait so let's just set expectations there uh but two I think more important, uh, we are aggressively uh, working on getting federal funding for this project, and we're hopeful that that number um, will be cut in half by those federal funds. And you know, uh, there are some people who are uh, more optimistic, and that number will be uh, even larger. Um, there are people, um, mostly me, who <laughs> are a little bit more circumspect, and uh, I think the number might be a little bit lower. But um, the reality is that uh, we've already made some really important strides in uh, pursuing that federal funding. And I guess, David, I think you deserve a lot of this credit. So I think you should talk about um, the recent changes in federal regs that would allow for the gondola to perhaps be sure. considered from other federal, federal funds that wasn't previously available. Yeah, this is a large enough project um, that it would line up for a, a federal program called the Capital Investments Grants, SIG, CIG. It's got to have an acronym because we're in transportation. Um, and government. And those are the kind of, that, that's the same pool of 
competitive grant funding like that Boston MTA is in building new subways, LA Metro, a giant, super large systems, right? So that's large capital projects. And um, traditionally, that program has been really geared towards rail-based, surface-based transportation. And the way that the criteria, the the project scoring criteria, if you were, will, were, were written, is that it didn't really it didn't really allow for gondolas, or aerial tramways, as we like to call them when we were talking to our friends at the federal level. It sounds fancier than gondola. But um, we, they had, it just so happened that they opened up, every now and then, the, the Federal Transit Administration opens up the books and says, what kind of changes should we make to these programs? And they offer, they offer up a public comment period, and myself and some others from the region um, submitted comments and said, well, you really ought to consider aerial tramways. They carry a similar route of, of, of capacity to light rail, in some cases more, like like Paul was talking about in Denver, we move more people than they do on the light rail system in Denver. Um, and so uh, they took those comments to heart and now uh, aerial tramways are eligible um, for that, that type of funding. So that's just, it's a, it, it was a significant step um, to, to open the door for us to a, to a funding solution that I've been familiar with through my career and we've tapped into it with other projects that I've been a part of. So. I, that's kind of where I default to. I was like, well, what is the FTA going to offer up? And then try to figure out how to get our project in the door there. So I think we made some headway there with them, and the door is now open. And headway is a humble way of saying it. I think it's important to note that there was not a massive uprising of communities saying we need aerial tramways to be considered by the federal government for funding. There was, I mean, what, there was David. <laughs> there was David, right? <laughs> there was David, and um, the the fact that they actually adopted uh, his public comments is evidence that there are people currently in Washington, D.C. who are aware of our project, they support our project, they want to see it funded, and one of the only ways that they can do that is if they included the language that David was proposing. And so I, I think that this project really has been elevated because of David David's efforts and one, thank you, um, but thank two, you. the community um, should be excited that we're at that level. Yeah. Um, we have someone who's been potentially waiting on the line for a very long time. We'll see if they're still there. If they're not, call back. Hi, you're live on Kodo. I think we lost him, but give us a call back. Um, that is a reminder to folks that we are, um, you're listening to Off the Record. Wait, we'll there it is. do it now. <laughs> Hi, you're live on Kodo. <coughs> Hello. Um, I wasn't the caller that was, that was uh, that you lost. That's okay. We'll I take you anyway. I have a question for you guys. Great. Um, so, I'm, even though I've lived here for a long time, I know that it's not public now, and it's becoming a public transportation system, because it's always confusing, and... I guess I'd just like to know some more history, like, does the Skiria own the land and the stations and Mountain Village owns the gondola? And in the future, will that become public? Like, will we buy the stations or the gondola itself? And just, you know, more of like the foundational questions about who owns what. And I'm sure the government, before we fund it, will want to, like, have control of what we're buying. That makes sense. Thanks for your question. I think the first thing that we'll kind of start with is it is absolutely and always has been a public transportation mode. Yep. Um, that was how it was designed. That was how it was conceptualized. So it always has been public. But, Paul, I might let you answer the question about land. Yeah, so the town of Mountain Village uh, owns and operates the entire system and then uh, owns the actual stations 
where you will have the opportunity to get off or unload or load, as the case may be. Um, they do have um, an interaction. There is. It's a little different with uh, San Sofia and um, the the base where Chair Four is located. Those two stations are slightly different, um, as Telski owns a lot of that land as well. Um, but generally speaking, uh, at the end of the day the town of Mountain Village is the owner of all those stations. And, and it operates in easements when it's on other people's Correct. land. Yeah. yeah. That will come along with the project. Yeah. I have some follow-up questions or maybe clarifications, but we do have a call. We're going to try and see if they're still on the line. Hi, you're live on Kodo. Yeah. You guys have done an excellent job of what you're doing. Um, in all seriousness, I know this sounds crazy, but if you considered an incline, I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, whatever. Thanks. Thanks for your call. You know, it was actually considered an incline was when they were doing sort of an alternatives analysis for what sort sort of system they were going to use to link the two communities. And I even heard they bought an incline at one point, and it's around sitting around here in a shed someplace, like maybe out the airport or something. Um, I don't know if that's true, but there are old newspaper clippings that someone provided me that that show that history. So it has been considered. Um, you don't see a lot of new inclines being built, although they're really cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was considered. Yeah, and my understanding is that the incline just couldn't get people as capacity issue. Yeah, where they needed to go as quickly as they needed to get there. All right, we have another call. Hi, you're live on Kodo. And if you can take your, if you can pull your radio down, that would be great. Yep. All right, do you have a question? Yeah, and I'm sorry if I miss this. I just have some more generic questions. Like, what is the timeline of when is this going to break ground? That's my first question. The second is the time frame. And the third is, is there going to be some type of transportation with the existing gondola while they are replacing it? Or are they going to completely close the gondola while they make the new one? Thanks for your questions. They were on my list later, so let's tackle them now. What was the first one? <laughs> the first question is, what's the timeline? When will the new gondola potentially break ground for... I think another? that's still a TBD from my perspective. I think we have an aspirational goal of 2027 to 2030, somewhere in there. Um, but for me, it's really when the grant funding lines up, any other financing that we might have to secure, that kind of stuff. Local agreements on where we come up with the local cash to pitch in for a grant and stuff like that. So I, I think that's a little bit nebulous at this point. Um, the second piece was how long? The second piece was, I think, a mix of how long uh -huh. and then what happens, you know, sure. is the gondola able, is the gondola as we have it now able to keep running while construction is happening? Right. Will it have to shut down? If it does, what does that mean? There are some limited things you can do while the current gondola is running, and that's like putting new footings on the ground in the alignment um, that doesn't interfere with the current towers or operations. Like, that could happen, and that could speed things up by half a season maybe just depending on you know where things land i wish Loby was here to take this question because he's the expert on this stuff but um i think we've been batting around a number of a year to a year and a half for a closure period which sounds really painful um but we'll be good for 30 years after that right so it's short-term pain for a long-term gain and then yes the answer is yes resoundingly yes there will be some sort of bus system service between the two towns in the interim that is part of the plan yeah and just to be clear about what David said, what this means is that there will be an entire ski season where the gondola likely will not be running. Paul said it. But <laughs> <laughs> I won't. We, we weren't going to. <laughs> 
I, I mean, I just think that people need to start mentally it's preparing true. now. Yeah. It's true. Um, but I think that it's also important for people to recognize that on a staff level, we are actively working on trying to identify ways where we can keep portions of the gondola running while we're constructing other portions of the gondola. And perhaps there are scenarios where that can happen, but you know, we're still working on that and there are no guarantees that we'll ever be able to do it. Right. And I think we are, as a subcommittee, as a leadership committee, very, very aware of what the effects of, on the community and our citizens yeah. will be when this project um, goes underway. And so we are really looking at every option that we possibly can to minimize the impact on our businesses, on our citizens, on our visitors, so that um, we can put this in place because we know how important it is, but we all also want to be mindful of, of what it's going to do to the people that live and work here. Yeah, and that's going to be, it's going to be a big we'll all shift know. for, we'll all be aware of that happening. We'll, we'll, we'll all know what it's like to live without a gondola for a while. Yeah. Everybody's going to really Maybe love frame, the gondola. Maybe frame it in that, that capacity of you're living in a once in a life. Yeah. <laughs> My first thought goes, I'm sure, to Paul's favorite uh, topic, well, everyone in this room's favorite talk of, topic of conversation of what does that mean for parking if folks are having to drive up to Mountain Village to get on chair four before this side of the mountain's open? Well, Julia, <laughs> um, the town of Mountain Village has for some time been working on plans to expand our current Carnola parking garage. And so we would essentially double the capacity were we to implement that current plan. We actually had a work session uh, at our last town council meeting where we discussed that not only with our consultants, but with the ski company as well. I thought that was a productive conversation, one that leads me to believe that we are on the path to building that uh, expansion um, of two additional levels. So we will have the ability to accommodate uh, more people up there uh, when the gondola is shut down. But the reality is that part of the reason that we're, or the reason that we're having the discussion about expanding capacity has nothing to do with the gondola, um, but the 30 to 40 days a year where the gondola garage or the, the current garage uh, is at capacity. Um, if it's a holiday or if there's uh, sun out uh, the day after it snowed more than Look three out. inches. Yeah. Um, and so we need to address that capacity issue in and of itself. Um, but a benefit will be that we will be able to uh, absorb more people when the gondola is down. Yeah. Um, for folks tuning in, you are listening to Off the Record on KOTO. We're talking with David Averill, Mian Fee, and Paul Weiser about the gondola. It's been a very lively conversation so far. Um, I did want to touch on, you know, we, we already talked about it a little bit, but when it comes to funding, you know, obviously grants, that's a huge piece of what you're doing. But the reality is that Mountain Village and TMVOA are kind of footing the bill at the moment. So what does that look like for maybe, does that stay the same? Does the town of Telluride pick up on some of it? How does, you know, the pieces that aren't covered by grants, will that, how does that shift going forward? So I can, no one from TMVO is here, so I can't speak on their behalf, but I think that I can uh, accurately say that what the Owners Association has articulated is that they have funded the gondola for nearly 30 years now, and um, they would like to spread that obligation amongst those who benefit from it. And that includes 
the town of Mountain Village, as well as the town of Telluride and other uh, our other stakeholders, including the ski resort. Um, and so we need to look and see what that looks like. And I should say that the ski resort does currently pay, um, I think this year, $350,000 a year into the um, operating budget for the gondola and did pay a significant portion of the capital improvements uh, that went into the gondola to begin with. Um, but I think that from TMVOA's perspective, they are not going to be uh, operating under this system for the next 30 years. So we collectively as a region need to figure out what that looks like. And that's the direction that we got from the leadership committee as well, that they wanted to see a regional model employed for the long, long-term long funding. Is there any discussion on what that looks like? I mean, I'm sure there is, but like... Pretty preliminary. Okay. Yeah, pretty preliminary. Um, Smart doesn't have the revenue currently, so we've got to figure that out, <laughs> what that looks like. But we've been looking at scenarios for that and see where that gets us. Yeah, I mean, these are public meetings, so I'm not afraid to say it. Um, you know, currently what we are primarily talking about is a scenario in which uh, SMART is the owner-operator of the system, and in order to do that, they're going to need revenue. And the most logical way for SMART to do that as a governmental entity who has a variety of powers, both under state statute and their own service plan, is to impose a mix of property sales and potentially lodging taxes uh, in order to finance the operation and construction of the gondola. Now, that's what we've been talking about now, um, but there are a variety of other scenarios that we could and will explore, but that's been the one that has primarily come up at the subcommittee level and uh, to a lesser degree at the leadership level. Yeah, a potential ballot initiative would uh, be that mechanism. Just like how SMART was created, the voters have to tell us yes, yeah. otherwise I, nothing yeah, happens. SMART is um, just yeah. like the both towns, uh, they can't unilaterally impose those taxes, right. so this is going to be a community decision, not a decision that's made by the leadership committee or SMART themselves. Right. This is going to be the community deciding that the gondola is important enough that they want to pay for it. Recognizing that we're still a ways away from that potential ballot measure if it were to come forward and um, you know folks have shown up for transportation in the region in the past um, what would you say is you know kind of like a sales pitch I guess for if that ballot language were to be on before voters like why is that something why should people vote to potentially increase their taxes to help pay for this recognizing this is all hypothetical I'm not saying you're doing this in the sure. moment well I look at it as, as a I look at the system as a regional transportation system, a regional transit system, if you will. And I think part of any ballot language that we would put forward would need to appeal to a broad spectrum of voters um, because a lot of folks that are in the smart district don't live in either jurisdiction, live in Telluride or in Mountain Village. We've got folks down Valley, um, folks in Rico, you know. And so I think, um, and this is interesting because smart is, we're going to be kicking off a strategic operating plan, sort of our second iteration of that. And I think there will probably come from that, just like the first iteration that we did, uh, come from that a list of projects and enhancements to the regional bus system as well. And so I have envisioned, I don't know if I've got buy-in from everybody on this, but this is my my idea, um, would be to cover the gondola costs that we need, as well as enhance the regional bus system to a degree, not double it, not, not crazy numbers, um, but also, you know, round out that level of service. I mean, we have great demand on our services uh, down Valley, uh, Lawson Hill. Um, we recently completed a senior and uh, disabled mobility gap study that we don't have funding identified for as well. 
uh, that could also be a part of a, of a broader regional transportation ballot initiative, not just a gondola ballot initiative. And I think, um, I think that, that would help us answer that question to people who may not have a stake or maybe don't feel like they have a stake in either smart or the gondola to maybe sit up and say, oh, wait a minute, that, that could benefit me. You know, and I think if we play our cards right, we could we could craft something that I think would appeal to a broad spectrum of voters. But we'll see. I also think that the new gondola should be viewed as uh, a new beginning for the region as a whole. Yeah. I think that uh, for a long time there's been this view that there's Telluride and then there's Mountain Village and vice versa. But the reality is that the two are inextricably tied together for now and forever. And uh, the gondola only makes this community better, both in terms of the experience for its residents, but for its guests as well, and is the single biggest economic driver for both communities. And if we don't get this right, then neither community is going to be able to be successful going forward. And we really need to be thoughtful about whether or not we want to be on the wrong side of that coin. We just, I just got a text from a listener um, asking and recognizing that there's, depending on when this potential maybe ballot measure would go to voters, um, obviously on the ballot today for the Fire Protection District, there was um, a mill increase. There's potentially going to be a ballot measure in Telluride um, later this year for the wastewater treatment plant. You know, a lot of these things are kind of coming to fruition at the same time, at going to voters for funding, asking them to, you know, increase their support of these of these places or issues or topics. How do you how do you think about that or think through that that you know? the region as a whole is going to voters and going to taxpayers a lot recently and and will be i think me and should answer this because i think that the leadership committee and the subcommittee have been really thoughtful about the impact this will have on our local residents i think exactly i mean exactly that point we've been incredibly concerned at how many times we are going to our population asking for support for infrastructure and what that is going to look like to each individual that owns a home or is in a deed restricted unit or owns their own small business or owns a larger business, how it's really going to affect each and every person um, and being thoughtful as to how these are being structured. And that's, um, that's where some of these more exciting debates on the, the financing for these projects and the timing of it all is, is really kind of coming out and it, it's because our com you know the people that you that our community has elected to serve them are very concerned at what those ultimate effects are going to be and how they, we can balance the needs of the community with the needs of all of the individuals that live in it. I personally think they're all super important initiatives yeah, <laughs> you I mean, know, so I don't see how we really do without any of it myself but that's just my opinion. We do have lovely low sales or property taxes <laughs> comparatively to other communities, but it's, you know, it's a balancing act, I think. And ultimately, you know, we as a community have grown over the past 50 years. Um, it just so happens that everything kind of happened at that, yeah. on that 50 year mark, yeah. um, for better or worse. Mm -hmm. All right. We have another caller. Hi, you're live on Kodo. Uh, yeah, just a few uh, comments on things. Um, seems like the gondola when it first came in, I've been here over 30 years, and I remember before when you had to go over and take the bus around, and it was it was a pain to go over and, and take the school bus that kind of smelled like bananas and tuna fish around a mountain village, and when the bus got full, you had to wait a long time for the next one. 
then a gondola comes along and you know now even currently it's if you miss a gondola another 20 seconds another one comes along which is great um but the main thing i guess uh that we've we've found from all of this from ron's vision way back of it is it's a people mover and it's turned into beyond expectations of moving people from here to there and there was that competition for years of of telluride mountain village and i think everybody's kind of beyond that now where you know we are one big group and we're sort of like uh you know we don't want to be vale and breckenridge and and other areas where we're all of of one and um but when it comes to uh the gondola itself uh it's great that you guys are thinking for free because when it's free people use it which has turned out awesome and uh you know when it comes to capacity of the gondola uh right now they're eight person ones if we can get it 10 or 12 you know i don't know what the technology allows now to still make it that 12 and a half minutes over um you know approximately that's great and you know, i don't think we need usbs and things like that and screens you know everybody's got a screen in their pockets these days and <laughs> you're not thinking ahead if you can't you don't have 12 and a half minutes of power left on your phone uh, but it's more concerned about getting people up and over and the gondola lines during busy times and other times are usually the biggest concern so you know getting people moved from here to there and that's you know going to take bigger motors the new technology and it's going to take ones of this is uh transportation it's regional transportation it's not mountain village anymore it's uh telluride and mountain village but then you think of the people when it comes to the mart smart system we live um down valley or even lawson hill and the places in between and uh the further on reaches is that it all sort of works together as a system and that's where the smart thing is important because it is transportation where people can take a smart bus to a terminal and take the gondola one way or the other depending on where they need to go and which system works best so uh and i think getting you know rallying uh state and federal dollars to do that is definitely helpful and works in our favor because it's a people mover we were the first ones now you got breckenridge where they built a large parking garage and have one running across you know to work the area because telluride's people moving worked well we want to stay on the cutting edge of it working well for moving folks which is important and you know able to work out uh, intergovernmental agreements and with Telski to uh, be able to get the federal dollars because that's what it comes down to. They're the ones who are really helpful at upgrading our system. You know, in the past, when it first opened, it was a, a minute, I think it was like a minute and 20 seconds to between cars. So people be waiting in line just to get a car. And then as federal dollars came in, we got more and more gondola cars and now it's substantially less. But uh, it's great. They're rec- they're recognizing it for the system that it is of just people people moving without having their vehicles as people have vehicles and if they know they can come here i know i work ski school and our guests come and they say i don't need a rental car i just need to come to tell you right and i can get where i need to go well with smart system it's like i don't need to drive in nasty weather i can take a transit bus from down valley or or further or um be able to get to Telluride and get to Mountain Village, get to work, get to where I need to go, and not have to do that. We're all psyched when that happens. 
Yeah. So um, that's great. It's moving forward, and hopefully they can get the the wonky, weird stuff worked out of who owns the property and who's leasing from who, who the bills come through, who's who are whose employees, and which means what kind of health care and what kind of benefits, what kind of pay raises and things to get the system working. So I think everybody's on board of we know when these things get old, they'll break down, it'll die. We need a new one that's going to be an upgrade. We went from old fixed grip ones to high speed ones and it kind of sucks during the interim. Didn't suck so much on nine. It worked out kind of in our favor for a lot of for a lot of reasons. But now that we've got a high speed cod, we're all happy. You know, chair four used to be 13 minutes and go to five and it was 10 minutes and six is 10 minutes. Now they're all newer stuff and we're happy with it and the gondola is going to be the same way yeah and there'll be a year to a year and a half of pain but uh i think that could get worked out once we have the details but getting everybody to know let's think 30 years ahead not two years ahead or three years you know and like a library at the time people said it's too big we'll never need it and now it's over capacity yeah that's just the way these things work so let's think ahead with the gondola Let's think 30 years and Definitely. do it right. Yeah, thanks for your call. We appreciate it. Yep, you bet. Bye. Any thoughts from folks? No, that's okay. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Um, we are in our closing minutes. It's always impressive how quickly these hours go. Um, you know, you all have talked about this in kind of dif- different capacities, but um, when you think of recognizing that there is, you know, hard conversations and maybe some growing pains as we're moving through this process, what are the things that like you are really excited about as um, as new opportunities or places that we can go or things that you're looking forward to seeing as this this process continues to get to that 2027 mark or even once we have a new gondola system what are the things about being in this process that make you really excited for where we're going when it comes to the gondola i think the collaboration between the two communities has been incredible i've been fortunate enough to live in both for significant periods of time and um, to watch Town of Mountain Village and the Town of Telluride um, and the Telluride region as a whole really kind of come together to solve the problems together as opposed to trying to piecemeal their own particular portion of it has been really, really gratifying to see. And it makes me so excited for the future of this community because we have these incredible people that are now all walking together and moving forward to the future, sort of in lockstep, you know, and that's just going to serve all of us, you know, incredibly well in the future. I would agree with that. And then, of course, being the transit guy, I look forward to an improvement and how we, like I said earlier, better integrate the bus surface transportation with the gondola terminals and things like that. Just from a pure transit guy standpoint, I think that's, we we do pretty darn good right now, believe me, um, as far as ridership and people being able to use multiple modes of transportation, but we can do better. And I think we will. This is a great opportunity to do better. Um, I think the world of Jim Loby and think that he's done an amazing job uh, building this system and running the system. I've always wondered what it would be like to hang out with a young Jim Loby who is building this gondola, and I'm excited to see him building the new one. (laughs) Nice. Um, In our very final few moments, we're going to try and take one more call. Hi, you're live on Kodo. Hi. um, 
I agree that, you know, the gondola benefits both communities, but I did notice that Town of Mountain Village pulled out of the Joint Housing Authority and created their own just recently in the last year or two. And it does seem like Town of Telluride shoulders more of the burden of housing than Mountain Village. That's all I had had to say. All right, thank you. I guess I feel compelled to just you know cite the fact that uh, Mountain Village makes up about 20% of the population within the community, not even that, um, but uh, shoulders about 50% of the affordable housing currently within the region. And we broke ground on phase four VCA uh, not too long ago. Um, that will be uh, 89 new beds that are coming in that are gonna be for rent. Uh, we're also working um, on a variety of other projects as is the town of Telluride. I don't view housing as a competition. I think it's an acute need and we all need to be working together uh, to pursue all the options that we have available to address that need because it's a real need, it's an economic need, uh, it's a emotional uh, need for a lot of people. And um, you know, I think that we're all doing everything that we possibly can regardless of the organization that we're affiliated with to um, get to a place where we feel like we're doing and have done what we need to do. All right. Um, in our very final minutes, I am going to put you all on the spot a oh, little man. bit. I know. You're welcome. Um, do you have a favorite story from riding the gondola or like a favorite <laughs> gondola-related story? I have a great one from last winter. I was... Uh, so on my way up to San Sofia from Mountain Village and I was with some out-of-town visitors in the cabin and they were remarking on um, the beaver that was climbing the tree next to the gondola when it was really a porcupine but I didn't I tried to correct them but they weren't having it so we have beavers that climb trees around here I thought I it was love that. that. yeah that's a great one gosh got a lot um you know, I think one of my favorite things about the gondola, and I don't think it's ever going to die, is when you see the nursery schools bring the, all of the kids to ride the gondola. And you see all these, like, little teeny tiny little ducklings in their, like, puffy jackets jump on. And then if you happen to be in one of those cars with them, it's just the best. Like, it's just this pure youthful joy that you don't see and you know once once these kids reach you know ages beyond three years old and you see that if you're riding it with a family from texas or a family from new york you know they're just absolutely um gobsmacked that this is just the way we go about our lives um and it it reminds you every single time you're on the gondola and you have that experience it reminds you of what you're doing and why we're doing this yeah, I don't have a particular uh, story to tell, but me and still my answer. I mean, one of my favorite things is to be on the gondola and you know ask people where they're from, and um, if they're not a local, um, you know, being able to kind of just absorb how they experience the gondola, and uh, if they ask me, you know, what, you know, what do you do here, and I say, you know, I I'm the town of, town of Mountain Village town manager, and um, they just it is hard for them to get their head around the fact that they're we get to live in a community where this is our real life and um to re have people remind you how lucky you are and how fortunate you are to be here is really special yeah 
I'm going to throw out, because I was lucky enough to get to participate in this, doing a story on it. Um, riding the gondola up for 2020 graduation, high school graduation, was super cool. That was just fun. Anyway. That was really cool. Yeah. I mean, to be able to turn what could have been, I mean, COVID was such a crazy time. Right. Um, but to be able to actually have those kids graduate and have that moment, not have that moment not be taken away from them like every other one was was amazing. I mean, and where better to graduate? I know, why don't we do that? Then at the top of San Sofia. (laughs) That was was spectacular. (laughs) Um, Anyway, on that note, we are out of time. I do want to give, we're actually at time, any like final closing thoughts that y'all want to put out there for listeners, either of how they can get involved, anything of that sort to, um, yeah, just share with listeners. Our meetings are public. Um, you know, we do want we want the public to be a part of this process all the way along. It's going to affect you. We want your feedback. We want your ideas. Um, please just look for our meeting schedule. It's published every month, um, and we look forward to you participating. Yeah, and I, I guess I would add to that that um, this process has been all-encompassing for the three of us for quite a while, mm-hmm. and it's hard for us to sometimes step back and appreciate that these conversations are relatively new to a lot of the community. Uh, But I hope that the community begins to recognize that their participation is going to become very meaningful and incredibly important here in the very near future. Um, 2027 seems like a long way away. It's not. And the conversations that we're going to be having with the community are going to be happening much sooner than that. And so we look forward to having that interaction and that dialogue because it's really important to the future of this region. Um, I also want to thank Mian for all of her work on the leadership committee. Um, I think they've really benefited from your participation, both on the subcommittee and leadership level. I write really long emails. (laughs) (laughs) Just to me. (laughs) Just just to Paul. Um, on that note, unless, David, do you have anything else I you wanted to add? I couldn't top that. That was Perfect. great closing remarks. Thanks. <laughs> um, well, that is all the time we have this evening. We're just over. Um, thank you to David, Avril, Mianfi, and Paul Weiser uh, to be here talking about the gondola and the future of what that means. Thank you to everybody who tuned in, especially those who called in. We love getting your calls and thoughts. We will be back next Tuesday evening with another installment of Off the Record. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Off the